This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's go! What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Bingetown TV and our coverage of Disney Plus's Percy Jackson and the Olympians. So this is episode six, right? Um, damn. Name, Zebra, Zoo. We take a zebra to Vegas. We take a zebra to Vegas. I saw some comments online that were laughing that there wasn't a zebra in the episode at all. So that was kind <laughs> of interesting. But another just very short one, I guess. I don't even... Yeah, I don't is it worth it to even comment at this point because they're all just short episodes at this point. Heavily anticipated episode that I have a feeling will probably share an opinion of some disappointment for sure <laughs> due to yeah. the heavily anticipatedness that I just made up of this episode. So I guess maybe just general thoughts and then we can get into it. I don't or do we want to just dive in? I'm not really um, it was tough because we were com- coming off the best episode of the series, season, series yeah. two, I guess. We loved it. It thought Aries was the shit. Edge was awesome. And then we go into this episode and I said on the last podcast, like the, the Vegas, yeah, White Lotus Hotel, right? Mm-hmm. was one of my favorite parts of the movie, even though it was still probably not as good as the books, like all that. It was a cool backdrop for like a hot second here in this mm-hmm. episode, but it just, it's the 30 minutes, man. Like I, I feel like I'm watching just a show that doesn't care about fleshing all the dialogue out fleshing the world building yeah. out like i'm used to and i i'm over it like i'm i'm not over the show i mean i'm over treating this like it's made to be held up under a microscope i think the problem is and i i was talking on the discord with meryl for a second about it too is that it's just aimed at kids and there's nothing wrong with that at all but it just means that they focus less on the complexity and more about the spectacle and like percy jackson hitting these check boxes yeah. I don't know. I think I think last episode was more of like a um misleading upbeat episode for us rather than it being the norm that we should expect going forward and it's yeah. weird saying that coming up to the finale cuz these should be the next two episodes should be the best, but I also thought this was going to be part of that the best, which it really wasn't. And I was looking at the IMDb ratings and we were right about last episode being considered the best. It was a 7.9 out of 10. It's a very solid episode of TV. And then this episode, while it's the newest, it, so the, the score isn't settled, it usually drops a little bit. It's already the lowest of the season at 7.2. So I would assume that settles in as like a 6.8-ish. Yeah, so that's uh, higher and than that's, I would have expected. That's exactly. But also... I don't know, man. They're putting a lot of money into this. They have the writer of the books. Like It's a little, it's a little weak that we're putting out these type of episodes. And it sucks to be all negative about it because I'm still enjoying it. But I'm I'm just thinking in my head as I watch going forward, I'm just going to step back and let it kind of happen rather than have any sort of expectations because it seems like we're not really going to meet what I wanted out of this show. But it's just going to be like a fun little Percy Jackson adventure. 
Yeah, I think that's a good way to sum it up. And I don't know the best way to word it. It's just it feels like events happen. Yeah. There's not a lot of like glue in the world almost. And then like each episode is just in such a different setting or such a different vibe. It's such a different like part of it. It just like, I don't know. I don't feel like they, it's like a full story woven together. It just feels like parts, I guess. I'm also just formulating this thought as I'm saying the words out loud, but that's just, yeah, I think it just goes to say what you're saying of the expectations were probably a little too high. And now it's just, we'll see how it ends. I do want to say that I still enjoy Hermes, like as like a, like I like when gods show up, so like yeah, it's always going to be like more fun. Like, yeah, I get some exactly. chuckles. Like it's it's generally entertaining. It's Walker's just fun. Like I'm not going to say anything bad about him. It's it's yeah. just more about. I can't recommend this to someone that doesn't know anything about Percy Jackson confidently. It's really like if you have yeah, the nostalgia, the or if you're 15. or if you're a kid. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's where we're at. That's fine. Mm-hmm. It's fine. One of the more successful and more interesting and dare I say more mature parts of the story feels mm-hmm. like the first scene in this episode is his dreams. They're getting more intense. They're getting more, I guess, let's say solidified where he's, you know, he is now watching a conversation occurring in a room with people versus him just in the desert with a voice. So mm-hmm. they're becoming more real and at this point in time, we assume that this person is speaking to the lightning thief. We don't know who that is at this point. Well, eventually in four to five seconds or four to five minutes, whatever it ends up being in the episode, they reveal that Grover thinks it's Clarice. Mm-hmm. So I think we can maybe talk about maybe the dream scene and them in the truck together. Yeah, because that was the first time, and they go on to say it later. I think Percy actually says it. That was the first time that it wasn't Percy's dream. It was more him peeking in on this conversation between the two entities that are really behind the scenes for all of season one. And it's cool because the entity is still all powerful. Like he knows Percy's watching, which was like a good little thing there. But he does go on to say, like I taught when he was talking to the lightning thief saying, I gave you all the tools to succeed, but you still didn't meet my expectations. And then he goes on to say like, basically Percy and I guess Annabeth and Grover, their quest is kind of throwing a wrench into the plan of whoever this entity is. But that side, if you want to call it the bad side, it's not giving up. They're going to keep pushing or whatever plan that they have going on. I'm trying to dance around this because at this point I know all of the answers. Yeah. And yeah. we did have a spoiler, like an open book spoiler talk at the end of the last podcast. If you have any, if you don't care about spoilers or you've read the books, like go check that out because we did start talking about what I'm dancing around here mm-hmm. because there's no way for us to talk about it because we do both kind of know the answers. But I will comment on the fact that I think it's stupid that Grover thinks that Aries kid would have been the one because the only information we got about Aries kid was that he hates kids and especially his kids. And I even said that last episode, I was like, he can't think it's the kids, right? It wouldn't make sense. It would contradict the vibe, but I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Grover thought that Aries was trying to manipulate him and lie. I don't know how Grover walked away from that scene thinking that it was Clarice though. Are you saying it's, it contradicts in the sense that Aries seems to be protecting his kid here, but he says that he hates kids. I guess what Grover's thinking is that, but I didn't get that from the conversation I got from the conversation. Aries hates kids, especially his kids. That's a very common thing in the, in the Greek mythos. Like you gods hate their kids all the time. Why is he just assuming that it's Aries kids? I don't know. I didn't get yeah, that. They didn't know. have a conversation about it. They just say 
they, it's happened off screen because they come back and they like at the end of last episode, he's like, I know who it was. And then next time we talk, it's, oh, Grover says it's Clarice. I'm like, all right. I yeah, don't, it's I don't true. Get that. Yeah, they don't, they don't talk about reasoning. I guess the only thing we know is that they have a, let's say a, a predetermined bias against her. They positioned Clarice in episodes, maybe one and two, no, just two, that she yeah. seems to be a general antagonist. And, and that's tropey and fine. Yeah. It's just funny that we were like, nah, it can't be one of his kids. Exactly. Like, <laughs> I just don't know where he, <laughs> how out, he yeah. connected those dots because we didn't yeah. get to see the conversation. It, but it turned out to be that. So this scene was a cool book thing where they, they use the like rainbow. Oh, yeah. To communicate, which I thought looked really cool. And, and the conversation yep. with Luke was nice. And Luke is just very accepting. He's like, okay, it was Clarice. I did really like this scene, like the Iris, the god of the rainbow. Just, you throw a drachma in and you get to basically communicate with anybody around the world and it ends up talking to luke for a second he's the man i've been saying it forever like i wish this season had more of him in it uh and it is funny he like picked up on the the bickering couple vibes between annabeth and percy in like two seconds but then it does yeah it does lead to an interesting i guess perspective from annabeth saying how the second that percy was about to bring up hermes she shuts it down because she knows luke like that's good backstory between annabeth and luke Mm -hmm. luke hates Hermes and blames all of the issues that happened with his mom on Hermes and Hermes like being around and stuff. So that's why he hates him. We go, we'll talk about that more later when Hermes yeah. and, and Annabeth sit down and, and all that happens, but reveals yeah, Percy's yeah. like naivete, his ignorance of all things, mm-hmm. how the society, I guess you could say works where he's, especially him now, cause he's getting more comfortable with his dad. Mm-hmm. So it, like is kind of manifesting in that he's more comfortable about other people's relationship with their parents. Cause he's like, Oh yeah. Like we're going to see your dad. Like, I feel like if someone had said that to Percy earlier in the season, he would have been like, fuck my dad. Yeah. You know, like why yeah. would you like, why would you go talk to my dad type of deal? So yeah, mm-hmm. that, that was successful. And we do know from Luke at this point that there's something kind of happening at the camp. We're not really sure. Right. It's kind of vague it's ominous of Chiron's like trying to keep the camp together but we're not really sure what's actually happening so and that's a cool point i'm happy you brought that up i just skipped over that in my notes i forgot because luke says the the camps are picking sides because the gods are gearing up to go to war so that's why they're picking sides and the idea of that is so cool like all of the the i mean you can't say zeus kids because there are none of the big threes there but like i would assume like athena being like one of zeus's favorite daughters in in the in the lore, like all oh, of the Athena house would, would side with Zeus. And, you know, it yeah. would just be an interesting, if we got a peek into the politics going on there, it would be really cool to see, but we're yeah, going to get some aftermath of that. Sick. The mm-hmm. capture the flag game was cool. And obviously it would be more serious than the capture the flag game, but yeah, was, let's get some blood, baby. Friends. That was one of the best parts of the whole series so far. So for sure. I'm trying to think anything else is, is very important. Yeah. Not important, but it is cool that they threw it in there that, Grover has it has the ability to give a satyr's blessing to animals. So when they receive it, they have perfect safety until they get back to the forest or something like that. They just threw that in there. I think he just released them all as a distraction so they can get into the hotel, right? It seemed like they had to get out of the truck. And also, I think Grover genuinely cares. Yeah. And there was no... Well. Oh, true. Duh. He yeah. actually wants them yeah. to... Yeah. I didn't I even think about like that. The, the little... like. The show still makes me laugh because when Percy's like, you know, is, is it safe or are they going to be okay or whatever... And then Grover's like, oh, I gave him the Sage of Blessing. And Percy was mm-hmm. like, I was talking about the human beings. Like, you just released a bunch of wild animals into the city. And it's just mm-hmm. like, eh, they should be okay. There was no zebra anywhere. But yeah, that's me trusting the internet, I guess. I could just yeah. be someone complaining to complain. But so mm-hmm. we move now to the Lotus Hotel. 
which another cheeky little scene is Percy being like, how are we going to notice it? And Annabeth's like, maybe it's the hotel right behind us that's shaped like a lotus. This gets into probably, I don't want to say maybe the first point of contention, but really where the episode starts to get downhill is just that the the casino, the hotel itself is just kind of flat and different. The movie was different from the book, but the show also feels different than both in the worst way. You know, the mm-hmm. movie was fun and stuff and the show just kind of felt like like we immediately knew that there's a risk in here we're not here to have fun we're here on this mission and it was just kind of was so like- let me comment on that because i had the same feeling and it's because we're a little bit biased from the movie because that is something that they do in the books i was like looking up conversations mm-hmm. reddit twitter something you find out right away that they know the deal with the white lotus with the lotus plants and like the spell when they walk in in the books and the show, but in the movie they don't. They make it like a twist. So I but think that's books, okay. The books they're like there though. Like they check into a room. Don't they like actually play games and they're like kind God, of enjoying I don't remember. themselves? Is it not the same twist though? I don't really remember. If it's just in the air and they can't avoid it anyway, even though they know about it, it's possible. I, that's, yeah, I guess I don't remember the exact way it gets administered in the books but i feel like the books they're like literally kids in a casino i'm just i'm I only bring that up just because this just felt very like uh as the microcosm of the whole show is that like we're just like very point a to point b yeah like there's yeah. no time to let things breathe and like, totally ex- expand on things like we're kind of pretty much right to hermes at the craps table which shout out to hermes for playing craps legend Dude. <laughs> he knows his games <laughs> oh my all right it's probably just Deep binge town lore here, but we're obsessed with craps <laughs> as of last summer. So it's just, it was amazing to see that. And they even, co- I thought there was just going to be a backdrop. And he's like, you guys want to play some craps? I was like, fuck <laughs> yes, dude. I that was awesome. For sure. But let me bring up two things though. Accepting the fact that we're not going to have a twist about the Lotus Leafs and and it mm. like keeping you in the, in the casino. That aside, I do like them actually name dropping Odysseus and like the Odyssey and Grover yeah. bringing up that stuff because it's always cool when you canonize some of the Greek myths that we know into the Percy Jackson world, because you can yeah. always, yeah. So that, that and was just like a cool moment. That's continuing this character, uh, trait arc type of thing where Percy's using all of the lessons that his mom taught him. Mm-hmm. So it's nice that that thread is continuing for sure. Yeah. So I guess we can, how we can take this though. They split here. Grover splits with Annabeth and Percy. You brought up Hermes. So let's just go through the Percy and Annabeth stuff. I just want to like, just open talk about it. Uh, while they're on their way looking around trying to find Hermes, they do talk about Luke's mom, like the, the Hermes things I was just bringing up, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the coolest things that I that I like that they added is that seers are humans that can see through the mist, which is just, yep. that's awesome. Like a good way to use like a seer. Wild. Yeah, it would be so, you would know, won't believe you, everything's crazy. <laughs> yeah, like it, yeah, would be, yeah. it would be insane. But that that's a really cool thing that they just casually brought up. and And that's what, Luke's mom was, which was her interacting with Hermes, having a kid, being a seer in a human world, like messed her psyche up, made her a little like, I don't know if, it, if they said she, she was crazy or whatever, but that's why specifically Luke holds a grudge against his dad. I saw people upset online because you didn't know that until the fifth book. I don't know. That feels like you're trying too hard to make the show exactly like the books. I feel mm-hmm. like for the show, like they're fighting to prove season one that like there's a show here there's threads that can continue there's a story that's expanding so i feel like 
like waiting until the fifth season to introduce that doesn't feel as smart as giving us more Luke stuff now. Right. And people were also had the argument that like Rick didn't even think of this when he was writing book one. If he would have thought of this earlier, like he probably would have been in an earlier book. So I don't know. That didn't matter to me. I mean, that's that's the benefit of having Rick there mm-hmm. after having completed the series and starting from the beginning. Yeah, like, he yeah, gets to say that material. he probably was saying that's a great idea. It, it characterizes Luke. It gives you motivation for why he's weird about the God interactions. I think that was perfectly fine. I never would have thought that people would complain about that. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. It's hmm. just it's hard when you love something so much and you love it the way that you enjoyed it speaking so of dumb. love i loved hermes teleporting speed powers oh, once yeah. once they Space commit time. it and he's like all right we're gonna have a conversation they finally name drop luke and that gets them the conversation he just like puts his hand up and just like they like teleport it was so freaking cool the yeah. helmets and the armor that's i mean spoiler i already made the thumbnail for this episode this that is the thumbnail for the youtube nice. them sitting in that room just because the backdrop is is totally sick and i thought that lynn manuel miranda was awesome as hermes mm-hmm. i thought yeah, I, he i thought he's a great actor i haven't seen a ton of things that he's actually in now that i'm trying to think off the top of my head but he was great do you know what he's famous for the most famous for i mean i know hamilton i've never seen hamilton but right me neither i i have no complaints i think all the gods have been good so far and that's what i'm really just like holding on to mm-hmm. that's like one of the most important pieces besides our main trio is getting the gods down because that is what adds the tension level makes things more quote unquote believable and it just makes like the power levels of people it brings it to the forefront i feel like all the gods like so far like aries and hermes maybe not um hephaestus yet like he hasn't had a time to do anything yeah. but the other two is really f- yeah hephaestus is contributing to this kind of developing nuance of that it's not this black and white world that mm-hmm. percy kind of thinks it is in the sense that like the gods hate their kids and they suck and they're terrible parents you know, where like he's introduced early on to like the idea of the sacrifice and he's like, this is dumb. Like, I can't just talk to my dad. But now we're getting like Hephaestus is someone who agrees in the sense that like everything's way more complicated than it probably should be. And Hermes is obviously on that side, too, where he's even tried to be more active in his child's life and with his mm-hmm. lover's life. And it went bad. So he's kind of jaded. And so it's not so much that he like wants to be an absentee father. It's just that he's had such a negative experience on the opposite side. So I think that all like works for me and the storytelling there works. Yeah. And that, I mean, that is the biggest theme, I guess the parents versus the kids or like the old ways versus the new ways. I think they nearly go hand in hand, maybe not exactly, but that is what they're really trying to nail home. And I'll say they're spending the proper amount of time on that because that theme, those themes are in every single episode almost. And that's, I mean, the fucking, it's the more nitty gritty that isn't, yeah, that isn't getting the proper time. The the glue, the caulk and the cracks of the world. Like, it's just, I don't know how to describe it correctly. It just feels like we literally, we're just jumping from set to set to set to set with like a couple jokes thrown in. Or like levity. I don't know. I don't know. But let's keep talking a little bit more about the Hermes conversation uh, because he brings up the idea about the the secret way into the underworld, which is going to be what they're trying to get out of him. Like if you you know help us out, how do we get there? I don't think he actually says what happens every demigod that goes there, but basically he implied that they all die. I think yeah. like you don't go there and like, get yeah, out. I've yeah. I've given some other people the way, and it doesn't really end well. He's kind of hesitant to actually help them, which is good because Annabeth ends up pickpocketing him and stealing his key to get his car. But 
they do have the conversation about Luke and like he gets all like weird about it. Talk me through what happened here because it was so quick. I'm still kind of trying to put it together. What happens? He like touches Percy and it flashes to Percy as a kid. Are they implying that like Percy understands the pain of really having to lose a loved one? Like talking about his that's dad? Kind of, I thought they never really. I, that's met. kind of what I got out of it. Yeah, I had interpreted that as Hermes kind of trying to show Percy that he has, I guess, maybe a similar experience. He's trying to show Percy that he doesn't want to be this deadbeat dad, like I just said. Like He's trying to maybe share in that experience together and explain himself almost. I feel like maybe he's feeling... I mean, we know that Percy wears his heart on his sleeve. Even level of judgment and contempt for people is not something that he hides. So maybe, Percy, I mean, maybe Hermes rather kind of felt that and was feeling judged and was trying to show him why and that, you know... Percy has also experienced that. I I agree in the sense yeah. that it kind of happened, and I wasn't entirely sure. That's the way I'm taking it, but is that the right way? Who can say? I don't know. Yeah, like again, th- that sounds good enough for me. But I guess another part of it too <laughs> yeah, is yeah. that Poseidon was the one that warned warned Hermes about mm-hmm. staying away from his kid, which I guess makes Hermes have a little bit more empathy towards Percy as well because. His dad gets it. Like Hermes thinking about his dad gets it. I don't know. That all of that it works. I just, you know, it's fine. <laughs> like I don't yeah. I don't know. I say I, I I could be an English teacher saying that the curtains are blue because it represents sadness when in reality the curtains are just blue. I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just I guess yeah, trying to put my own meaning onto it is how it feels. But yeah, well said. That's what you gotta do. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's what you gotta do. So the kind of conclusion of this, if there's nothing else you want to say, is just what you mentioned where Annabeth has the keys. She thinks that she actually pickpocketed, but we find out later that that's not actually what happened. And she even says to herself, she kind of has like a little self-reflection moment. Like, I can't believe I actually got one over on the God of Thieves, mm-hmm. which is, yeah. I mean, but that feels like, you know, that's classic Annabeth child of Athena right there. In this moment where the two of them are kind of necessarily celebrating let's say her getting the keys and them having their actual way to santa monica as they start to bring up grover and they're feeling the effects of the fact that they're pumping whatever they're pumping throughout the uh, the casino just like casinos do where they pump oxygen so that you feel happier <laughs> and you want to stay, love that, that too. Kind of stuff yeah so that was good and they don't really remember who grover is they know grover the name they're not entirely sure who he is and that gets us to be able to rewind to grover's story it's essentially mm-hmm. He runs into a fellow satyr that he knows. That satyr tells him that he found Pan, and Pan is lost in the casino, which Grover then slowly has his own moment of like, oh, why am I here again? Who are you? So then him and this lost satyr get lost together, essentially. Although it did kind of feel like the satyr did it on purpose. I agree. But also the weird part about it is that Grover later, once he's out of the spell, says i felt like i was so close to finding pan so was is there a chance pan was actually there augustus came off as evil though like for yeah. sure but at the, but i'm pretty sure in the movie like they they have a similar encounter where they find somebody and they're just completely lost or they're like talking to the kid on the pinball machine and he's like it's 1970 bro and it's just <laughs> not so it's like it is important for yeah. the story and the storytelling to show somebody that is actually lost and been transfixed into this yeah so that's what I thought Augustus was. But if he's evil, that doesn't make sense. I don't think yeah. he was. I think it just came off like that. Yeah, that's true. 
it did kind of feel like he was purposely roping him in because then he kind of runs when he sees Percy and Annabeth. Yeah. Maybe I'm a bad like TV watcher for this now, but he had I, a I recognition didn't... of like that they would do something. I don't know. Or I, yeah, I'm not really sure. I understood entirely right. what was and going on there. Is it weirdly written or are we just looking too deep? And it's just yeah. as simple as just like it you're saying, it's both. the fucking curtains blue. <laughs> like it maybe could <laughs> it could be both. It could yeah. be both. Yeah. Eventually they find Grover who was strapped into VR. So, I mean, Lord, he could have been there for decades at that point in VR. (laughs) (laughs) So they get him out. He's lost more of his memory than they have. He's not really sure what's good, but they kind of drag him out of there. They get to the cab. This is where we find out that Hermes obviously can travel through space and time. So he's (laughs) not fooled by them taking his keys. There's a note for them in the car. I Percy driving was my like, gut laugh of the episode when Mm -hmm. the car like comes by in the parking lot and then he like beeps like 15 seconds later (laughs) slow down (laughs) that was like legitimately very funny so that that put a smile on my face i don't know if there's anything else you want to comment before we go to santa monica Uh, it's just funny that hermes labeled the note to them to the dumb kids or whatever he put which yeah i mean nothing else to add Ooh, i have a comment i was happy that i mean the poker face stuff from the the movie is fairly like iconic and stuff but the dua lipa was great i was okay that was like a something that completely stuck out yeah the vibes were good for a second yes but then they got a little yeah levitating was on i was like are you Perhaps, like, dude, I was all in for a hot sec. <laughs> and it just there is one other thing I'll, I'll bring up now. I won't be too specific, but I actually did see an interview. I think it was from it was someone that works on the show. I forget who it was, but like somebody that maybe it was a writer of this specific episode. It wasn't. I don't think it was Rick, but it was somebody talking. Maybe it was a random TikTok clip of people talking about this episode. But this is a small spoiler that doesn't really matter, but. They were very particular about the background noises and little conversations you could hear while in the casino. They name dropped two major characters that will not show up in the that do not show up in the first book or second book. I guess I don't really want to say I don't know if I do. It doesn't really I'm just gonna say it because I mean, it doesn't really know, matter. You really don't know. You might not even remember the names. Like I forgot I remembered these names because it's deeper into the story. The movies I don't think ever even got there, but you can hear somebody calling out for Bianca, who's like a character down the road, and maybe there's some sort of connection that they'll they'll bring back up. But it is amazing that they paid attention to the little details like that. Like they really want to plant some of these seeds that allow them to get further down into like season two or three and just being able to point back to things. So I will give them credit on that, that they're trying to make it like they're not trying to skip anything and they're trying to plant these seeds, but who knows if we'll get that deep. But it's, it is cool that they yeah. cared enough to make background noises in the casino that 99.9% of people wouldn't hear it. And even the people that know those characters probably like just didn't hear it. That's like almost conflicting for me where it's like that's awesome that they do that, but it's like really not adding to like no. the general vibe enjoyment like quality you know i feel like there's issues with things in that arena that like yeah that just feels almost like a drop in a bucket but it is cool and like obviously when we get to that part if we get to that part it will be awesome to be able to reference you know that they had done that in this Mm -hmm. episode and that they were thinking that far ahead but that is the best way to say it a drop in the bucket like it's not good enough to change any opinions or anything but it is a cool little easter egg Yeah, yeah for sure 
So we get to the the final act, I guess you could say, this episode. It's going to be our arrival in Santa Monica. Herbie's cab is obviously magical and gets them exactly where they want to go. No actual drive time, no highways needed. And Ben Percy walks into the sea, into what looks to be a, a kelp forest, maybe. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what we'll go with. And he has a conversation with a, a Nerid. So she reveals that the the solstice has actually passed. They were in the casino for that long. So the solstice has passed. War is is occurring. War is going to happen. Excuse me. Poseidon has left. He tried to wait for Percy as long as he could. Whether that's a lie or the truth, I feel like it's something you can almost decide for yourself. He's marshalling his forces, basically. And the message is that Percy... You know, he's proud of Percy. Percy tried, like it wasn't his fault, but like go back to camp and Percy is Percy. So he's like, fuck that shit. Like mm-hmm. we're still on this quest. Like we gotta we gotta see it through essentially. She then gives him the the four pearls, which was a change, which is a change rather, mm-hmm. and kind of says, like, go save your mom, go save the world, all that kind of stuff. They didn't name drop him, right? It's not a spoiler to say what they're called i i actually yeah. don't even know if the movie made it up or if it's really what they're called but persephone's like stones or something like that so mm-hmm. maybe they'll talk more about them but it was interesting that he received four yeah people were pissed on the internet that i read and it just feels very obvious that about it's the just, fourth yeah it's just a way like the one of something's gonna happen to the fourth one Something like that, yeah. And then they'll be down to the original three. It just feels more compelling. Like, oh my god, we have four. Like, there's literally four of us. This is perfect. Like, no one has to worry about anything. And then we lose one. And then it's like, oh shit, now we have to make a decision. Just feels like that's easy, basic storytelling. I don't want to say it in like a condescending way. It's just that's what it felt like to me. She didn't give any more specificities besides it'll help you escape the underworld, right? Yeah, I mean, not that I picked up. Okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, okay, that's the episode. Freaking 30 minutes. I cannot believe I probably held my breath that whole fucking episode. It's yeah. so short, man. It's so annoying. Like, we could have spent that whole length of that episode just in the casino before Hermes' conversation, then spend the other yep. 30 minutes to do like the before and after stuff. Like, oh, we could have, I don't know, man. It, it, I don't know. It's so tough, too, because it's like tight 30, but it's also not a tight 30. I, I don't know how to describe it. Like, like everything. Like not everything's important, but you don't like, it's not like every second should be important. So it's like the things need time to breathe and we need some side. Acti- I don't even know how to describe it. It just feels like, I don't want to say the show feels soulless, but it just feels like each episode as we literally have a point A, a point B, we get there. And then next episode starts and we have a point A and a point B and we get there. I, I Is that, I just, yeah, I, I've been trying to formulate the thought and the feeling into words throughout this entire episode and I'm still struggling. It's just, it's not doing it for me as much as I wanted to. Episode one, I thought like was, and two was like doing it. I was like, this is cool. And then it's mm-hmm. gotten here and it's like, I feel like I'm less excited. No, I mean, you're spot on, man. Like through four years of podcasting, this is like the most weirdly conflicted I've ever been about a show and like (laughs) expressing my opinion because there's good and then there's just bad. Like I love when like a writer of the source material is involved in a remake or like a updated version of any story. And it just it felt like this was going to be at least like a solid like seven or eight, but now it's like looking like it could be lower than that. And that really upsets me. It's looking like yeah. a five or like a four, like, and dude, eight episodes, we'll say about 30 minutes an episode. 
that's what four hours of content for fucking almost a hundred million. One and, I mean, very expensive, TV, yeah. like for a movie that's like a cheap budget. If you want to say like a two hour movie, and you know you get fifty million dollars, but I just feel like TV, like it just it's it, it feels wild to me that it's ten almost fifteen million dollars an episode, and we're getting thirty minutes of content. Like I I praise the CGI, I and I know. still do. Yeah. I still praise the CGI. That has to be where all the money is. Did they just cut so much? That's shit? possible like, I, too. I yeah. just have no idea. It's it's. it's feels odd it just feels odd. yeah i don't know i still enjoy uh, like second before i click play on an episode oh, yeah. when and i'm I, done i'm like it's because uh, it's like i don't want to be I negative i just think it's it's a case of having to kind of lower our or maybe temper our expectations temper. Yeah. a little bit but also again we said this <laughs> i guess at the end of episode four and kind of at the end of the last episode like there's still episodes left like there's <laughs> i'm totally gonna be like by the time we watch the next episode like you're saying when i hit cl- like when i click play like i'm gonna be like okay like i'm excited to watch and then we'll see how that changes throughout the content but mm-hmm. there's two episodes so, left right at least there's two left yes at least alki and dave they'll watch it without having as much of a yes. book background and maybe i'll hopefully they watch it before the finale comes out. So when we podcast on it, I'll be able to bring some of their opinions to the table just to hear what somebody that's not as invested as we are. thinks about the show. I'm so curious what a 28 year old man who has no Percy Jackson experience thinks of this television show. But he is Greek. So that's a little biased. Yeah. He could be biased (laughs) a little bit. Maybe Dave is the true tell then. Yeah, true. Because Dave (laughs) hasn't read any of the books, right? Has he seen them? I don't think he's seen the, he's seen the movie, but I don't think he's read any of the books either way. Okay. Well, that's going to complete our coverage of episode six. We are trending down for the moment, <laughs> for the moment. When we're trending down, like we mentioned, off of the back of the best episode of the series. So that just kind of maybe is the way it goes. We'll see what happens episode seven next week. If you are enjoying Bingetown TV, just know that we do much more than just Percy Jackson. We've name-drapped David Alki, me, David Alki, cover anime shows. We just finished Yu Yu Hakusho on Netflix. We're doing Solo Leveling, which is one of the hottest new animes of the season. And we are also covering uh, True Detective. That's just starting to come out on HBO Max, so we're doing that. We have... um, What else are we doing right now? Reacher just ended on Amazon Prime, so... That finale episode should either be out when you're listening to this or about to come out when you're listening to this. And then traders coming down. And- yes, traders on Peacock. So that's a little reality television. So look at us. We're we're all over the place. We're in Disney Plus, mm-hmm. we're in anime, we're in HBO Max, we're on Amazon Prime, we're in reality television. So there's a lot of <laughs> Bingetown TV content to go around. The most organized way to familiarize yeah, to familiarize yourself with it is going to be bingetowntv.com. There's just a drop-down menu that has all of the shows we cover in pretty much alphabetical order. And then if you're listening on a Percy Jackson, our Percy Jackson specific feed, there is a main Benchtown TV feed where all of our episodes get thrown onto. So if you're bored and you're looking for another show that you want to watch and listen to coverage of, I would maybe just scroll through that or go to bingetowntv.com. That's just the best way to interact with our content. And the best way to support us is going to be just subscribing Whatever on whatever you're listening or watching on. If you're watching on YouTube, throwing us a like is always nice. And YouTube comments. We always like YouTube comments. Mm-hmm. And finally, the last little advertisement piece is going to be Luke. that did a little shameless plug, let's say, of the Discord earlier with our girl Meryl. 
And if you want to chat with us, Discord, the Discord link will be in, I guess, either the episode description on whatever podcast you're listening on or in the YouTube. The Discord link will be there. So if you want to sign up, join and chat Percy Jackson, we'll be down to chat Percy Jackson. So that's all I got. That's episode six. We are Bingetown TV. And thank you for listening. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.